We tell your story. We follow your footsteps. Lead us into holy. We walk towards the city. We wait in the garden. Lead us onto holy ground. We journey towards death. We hope towards resurrection. Lead us into holy joy. Jesus, you entered the city as a poor man, not in style but simply. Yet you still cause uproar and questions everywhere. You drew the expectations of a hungry crowd and buried conflicts to light. May we who are sometimes swayed by the crowd's approval and who often avoid conflict for fear of its cost to us, hold fast to the gospel of peace and fairness and follow faithfully in your way of love and solidarity with those who are poor and excluded wherever it may lead us. Amen. Look, it's him, it's Jesus. Jesus is king. When they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. Then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple. And began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him. For they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered. Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Not quite sure where Peter's hiding, but never mind. Good job, Paul was switched on. Do you ever get 
angry. Not just a little bit cross, but so angry that you can't stop it, that you just feel like you're going to pop. Do you ever get to that point where you open your mouth and words come tumbling out that shock you? Have you ever felt like smashing something up because you're so cross and angry? Because if you have, then maybe this story has a, rings a bell for you. It has a sense of reality for you. And if you've never, ever felt like that, I wonder why that is. Is there really nothing that would make you so angry that you just had to do something? Are we just so nice and polite and middle class that we've kind of settled for being nice all the time and and we never actually quite get cross about anything because that that really wouldn't do and what would the neighbours think? I think sometimes our niceness gets in the way of our discipleship. But what a strange story we have here. An incredibly strange story. I think this Jesus is perhaps a little bit too human for our comfort. He has a very normal and human range of emotions and feelings. We heard that he was hungry. Do you think maybe his tummy was rumbling as he was walking along the road? Do you think maybe he forgot to have breakfast that day? Or do you think he was just a bit, you know how you feel sometimes, I could just fancy a nice A nice fig, thought Jesus, and he saw a tree off in the distance, covered in green leaves. At that distance, he couldn't tell whether it had any figs on it or not. So he walked up, hoping for some nice, tasty figs, even though it was the wrong time of year. It'd be like us going out looking for apples just now. So he went up to the tree, and there weren't any figs. And what comes next? It's very strange. He said, you'll never, ever, ever have any more figs on you. He was pretty cross. Now, I have to confess, I don't particularly understand that, but there we go. Jesus did that. He was so cross that day. And he went on into the temple, and he'd been to the temple lots and lots of times before. So he knew what he'd see when he went in. There were the people with tables with lots of money. And there were the animals to buy. And there were people from other countries who'd come to pray. And he'd taught people there and he'd told people stories and he would do so again in the following days. But this was a place where anybody could come, no matter what colour, no matter what language they spoke, no matter whether they were good, no matter whether they were bad. They were all welcome to come into this part of the temple to pray and talk. But for some reason on this day, Jesus was so mad, he chucked the tables up in the air He stopped the people carrying anything through. And he said, enough. I'm getting quite into this pulpit thumping. It's quite good. (laughs) Enough, said Jesus. No more of this. This is a place for people to come to pray. Now, some people say the fig tree that withered 
is meant to make us think of the nation of Israel. Others say it's just to teach about faith and doubt, that if you really believe something when you pray, it will happen. And other scholars, I think, are a bit more honest and say, I don't know, I don't get it, it's just puzzling. But here's a thought for us. Just suppose Jesus walked through the Botanic Gardens, down Byers Road, ooh, a Baptist church sign, turned into Cresswell Street, came in the door, what would he think when he came in? What are the things we do that are so familiar to us that we don't notice them that actually might make Jesus really, really cross? What might he do if he came in here? You see, one of the things we say about our church, and we try to mean it, is that all are welcome in this place. It's one of our favourite hymns. All were meant to be welcome in the edge of the temple, in the outer court. But clearly they weren't. I wonder if Jesus came in to our church today, what would he say? The authorities sent some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap Jesus in what he had said. Teacher, we know that you are sincere and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Why are you putting me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me see it. Whose head is this? And whose title? The emperor's. Well, give to the emperors the things that are the emperors, and to God the things that are God's. They were utterly amazed at him. Some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question as well. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife with no child, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. There were seven brothers, the first married, and when he died, left no children, and the second married her and died, leaving no children, and the third likewise. None of the seven left children. Last of all, the woman herself In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For the seven has married her. Is not this the reason you are wrong, that you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then Jesus called his disciples. Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. 
I wonder if you have in your pocket or your bag a wallet or a purse. If so, would you take them out now and hold them in your hand? And if you have a purse or a wallet or some money that you've taken out of your pocket, I would like to invite you to take of your choice a coin or a note and look at it. And I want you to see what the pictures are on that money. Can anybody tell me what, who's got a coin what they can see on that coin? Yep. Okay, so a lot of them, uh, coins, the coins have all got the Queen on one side of them. Lovely. Anybody who's maybe gone a bit braver and got a note out, what have you got on the notes that you can see? Anything? You've got Alexander Fleming, good, fantastic. Sir Walter Scott. Sir Walter Scott. Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Anybody got bridges? Anybody, is it, is it Clydesdale that has bridges? I can never remember which one, or was it Bank of Scotland that does bridges? And don't ask me what's on the Bank of England stuff, because I haven't seen any for so long, I couldn't tell you. They've all got pictures of people and places that have to do with our world. Because our money is issued to us by the state, effectively. Okay, we might earn it, we might save it, but the, the physical stuff we hold is given to us by the state. And Jesus said, that money that you're given by the world is to be used responsibly in the world. So, very interesting, in a week when we have had, I enjoyed this, I've got my five Ps, pasties, petrol, postage, pensions and privilege. (laughs) Be impressed. Five things to do with money this week. VAT on pasties and pies. Possible petrol strike and, and price hikes. Massive price hike on postage. Quarter of a million pounds allegedly might buy you dinner with David Cameron. And of course the pensions thing that goes on and on. But do we pay that increase on our pasties and our petrol and our postage or not? Because Jesus said, give to the state what the state demands. Okay, just take a moment now, if you would, to look and see how much money you have actually got in that purse wallet. And I'm not asking you for it, so don't panic. (laughs) I could, but I won't. And I want you to think, as you look at that money, what are your plans for it? What's it going to be used for? How are you going to spend it? How much of that money is set aside to pay your bills, your rent or mortgage, your council tax, your food, your petrol if you have a car? And what are you going to do with the rest of it? How much of it will be spent on chocolates or coffees out or going to the cinema, buying books? And how much are you going to give to church or to charity? 
And just supposing I did say to you, put all of that in the offering bag. Put your purse or your wallet, your credit cards, your money, the lot, into the offering bag. How would you feel? Because that is what that widow did. She took everything she had to live on. Her food money, her rent money, her money for treats, her money for charity. She put it all in the offering. And Jesus noticed. So we bring our offerings to God. Let's pray. Generous God, your gifts to us are just so enormous that we can't even begin to take in how much you give us. Please take the gifts that we have offered, our planned giving, our spontaneous giving, and employ both in the service of Christ's kingdom. For in his name we pray. Amen. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples came to Jesus. Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city, and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. They had taken their places and were eating. Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Surely not. Surely not I. Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that one who woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them. Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them. And all of them drank from it. 
This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Even though all become deserters, I will not. Truly, I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, You will deny me three times. Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. Hear, hear. They went to a place called Gethsemane. Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. Going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He came and found them sleeping. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping. For their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. We join the disciples in Gethsemane, wearied from the journey of Lent, bewildered by events in our own time. So we come to God with our prayers for other people. There is a responsive response to the prayer, which is sung. This is number 120 in the hymn book. You may like to have it open. We will sing it twice after each of the first four petitions and four times after the final petition. 
Let us come to God in prayer. We pray for those whose lives are blighted by poverty, who have have inadequate food and restricted access to clean water or basic health care. We ask for wisdom and courage for all whose work seeks to alleviate their sufferings and to bring hope. As we pray, we find their cries echoed in the words of Jesus. Stay here with me. We pray for those whose lives are impacted by infirmity and disease, whose vision, hearing or mobility are impaired. For those who need continued or constant medical intervention or nursing care to keep them alive, never mind well. We ask for healing, where possible that it be cure, and where not, that it be released from fear and despair and in all circumstances for love and hope. As we pray, we find the cries of these people echoed in the words of Jesus. Stay here with me. We pray for those whose lives are characterised by fear, whether in war-torn nations far away or in domestic violence near at hand. For all those who cower in fear of attack because of who or what they are. And for those who feel powerless in the wake of their own violent acts. We pray for all whose work is devoted to the pursuit of peace, on whatever scale that may be. As we pray, we find their cries echoed in the words of Jesus. 
Stay here with me. We pray for those who hold positions of authority and influence in churches, in government, in commerce and in industry, in the many tough and complex decisions they must make. May your wisdom inform their thinking and acting. As we pray, we find their cries echoed in the words of Jesus. Stay here with me. In the quiet, we bring our own prayers to God. The things that keep us awake at night when it seems the rest of the world is sleeping. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible, yet not what we want, but what you want. As we pray, we find our cries echoed in the words of Jesus. Stay here with me.
Jesus came a third time. Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign. The one that I kiss is the one that you want. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once, greeted him and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes were assembled.